Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Well, this time, excuse me, this time tomorrow, there'll be plenty of people out in the woods uh, adorned in blaze orange, sitting uh, maybe up in a tree waiting for their chance at a uh, white-tailed deer. The deer hunting season, the firearms deer season, begins tomorrow. I will take part. And uh, joining us now on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline is a man you're very familiar with, one of the premier uh, outdoor uh, journalists, storytellers uh, that this country's ever seen. Ron Shera joins us on the line now. Ron, thank you so much for the time. I guess I'll start with the question that people ask me. is like, how the hell can you go out in the woods and sit in a tree for hours on end? Like, what, what is the draw in that, and what is your answer to that? You have to have uh, – thank you for those compliments, Adam. I, sure. I wish the deal was the same uh, of me. But you know, <laughs> I, uh, to sit there, you have to keep thinking um, – that soon, uh, any minute now, a deer is going to come by. Mm-hmm. So that you occupied. The other thing is, when you're sitting in a tree or sitting in a uh, you know, sitting against a tree, yep. uh, chickadees come by, rough grouse walk by. There's uh, something. Some geese are going over, swans are going over as the migration season ends. So there's always something to look at out there. And then, after listening to the news just a few minutes ago, I'm glad to be sitting in the woods. Yes. Whoop, did we, we lose him? No, I'm Uh-oh. still there. Oh, sorry. Oh, didn't know if you were out in a tree stand somewhere, uh, you know, awaiting the opening. And by the way, uh, great to hear from you, Ron. Ron and I are old friends because when I did my night show, uh, Ron would come in and he would, uh, we would chat it up. So it's great to hear from you. Great, to, great for you to be on, Ron. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Jordana. And I miss you too. And I'm happy for your, your uh, return to good health. So. Thank uh, but, you. Um, there'll be about six hundred of us out there uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's 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 a big event. Um, uh, and, and you know, I, I looked at some looked up some of my old scripts about our relationship, Minnesota's relationship with deer, mm-hmm. Adam and Jordana. And you know, eight times it's been nominated to be the state ma- mammal, and the legislature failed to pass it eight times. <laughs> really? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Uh, who knows why? Uh, I think there was some issue about uh, maybe it should be the wolf. Maybe it should be uh, some other mammal. We have a state bird, of course, the loon. Mm-hmm. Um, we have state flowers. We don't have a state mammal. So <laughs> anyway, you'll have to ask legislators about that. Um, um, are uh, girls other- allowed in the deer stand? I know Laura Shara, your daughter, is a big uh, she's a big outdoors person. Uh, this whole deer stand thing, because I know Adam's really excited about getting up in the deer stand with his buddies. Are girls allowed? Oh, by all means, as the father of oh. two daughters. Uh, <laughs> yes. As am I. My, my daughter, Simone, will be in a deer stand tomorrow. Uh, daughter, Laura, uh, won't be, but both of them have hunted deer. And, um, yeah, you know, uh, I told them a long time ago as a father of two, as I said uh uh, you can do anything boys can do, and when we're fishing, uh, 
the fish don't know who's on the other end of the line, so you can catch them just as well as yeah. boys can. I love it. Uh, part of it, Ron, uh, we're talking to Ron Shera. He's on the uh, John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. To me, though, it's it's so much more than the hunt. I mean, the hunt is a bonus. If you get a deer, uh, it's a bonus. I've been hunting. Uh, I didn't grow up deer hunting. I came to it like in my college years because of my best friend. And I, I think I've gotten deer probably fewer than 50% of the time that I've hunted. It's not. A, it's, a, it's more about the camaraderie you experience by going up into deer camp. And, yes, women are, are absolutely welcomed in deer camp. That is uh, the changing face of the sport. But it's, that, it's those moments. It's like hearkening back to whatever kind of primitive um, life you can have nowadays. It's unplugging, getting away, a cabin in the woods, wherever it is. And that is the draw for me. Adam, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, the statistics prove that because despite the fact that like 600,000 people will be out deer hunting in Minnesota, roughly only a third of them will get a deer. The rest, two-thirds, are going to go home empty-handed, yet Mm -hmm. they keep coming back because of the very things that you mentioned, uh, including sitting around a campfire and telling an old deer hunting story. So it's very special. And you know what else is special? This white-tailed deer yeah. is it's quite a challenge. Um, I just looked up some other things. It it uh, it's here. Its nose uh, is much greater than a dog's nose. Yes. So you wonder how in the heck we ever get one because they can smell you a mile away. Stuff like that. That's that's great though. Well, I know why we get them is because this time of year, Jordana, the deer have one, the male deer have one thing on their minds. And oh, often, oh, is this the rut? Yes. Often male deer, oh. as, as any kind of male species, do foolish things when they have love on their mind, and fool, including going areas where they probably normally wouldn't go. And that's why we hunt this time of year, right, Ron? Well, yes, yeah, it is the rut, but, you know, does also have that on their mind. Yes, that's true, yes. Uh, okay, wait. So rut- if you see a, a male and female deer rutting or doing whatever they're doing, <laughs> you you can't shoot that deer, can you? I've never well, been in that position. Uh, so <laughs> uh, the, Their copulation is in just seconds because uh, uh, I think over the ages, uh, any, any deer that's caught mating and then uh, and doing so not – um, not alert, uh, they're going to be uh, eaten by a wolf or something. So they mate very quickly. And um, and if you see the buck, he's running around looking for a female companionship. If you shoot him, don't worry. There's another buck over the hill uh, very willing to take his place. So life goes on. What do you think, Ron, about uh, we had a big, heavy winter last year, a lot of snow, and that, and just anecdotally, I guess, you know, I've been up to our hunting area the last couple of weeks We've just seen fewer, fewer deer out and about few, few, not as much sign out there. What do you think about the impact of last last year's winter uh, on this year's deer? Well, there really was an impact, and uh, you're not the first hunter up north to complain about that. Between uh, the, last year's winter, where we lost uh, fawns and, and et cetera, and uh, in some places of the northern Minnesota, the uh, wolf predation is very high. And so a lot of hunters blame that as well. Um, um, 
But, you know, deer have great reproductive potential. And so if we get a mild winter this year, um, chances are the deer population will bounce back uh, very nicely. Um, but, yeah, otherwise you're, <laughs> you're going to sit and just look at chickadees for a long, long time up there. So, Ron, any suggestions on where to plant your deer stand? Where do you hunt? Uh, do you want to give away your spot? You can't give that away. Oh, well, you can't give that um, a secret? My, my hunt next to a field. <laughs> no, you know, um, my grandson, Jake, is going to be out there tomorrow, and we had a strategy talk yesterday. Um, I always tell him to find, uh, detect places where bucks are bedding, and that's pretty easy to do as the time goes on. Um, and then, but then you set up your deer stand between where the buck is bedding and where he might be going to rendezvous with does because the does usually are coming out in food plots, cornfields, uh, et cetera. And so you get in between there and, and that will maybe increase your chances of a, of a buck coming by. Uh, cause he's like me, we kind of buck hunt only. I don't shoot the does. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it. Uh, they're good tasting as well, but mm-hmm. uh, I like to challenge myself. Ron, what do you think about uh, the, the we, we? I talk about this all the time about the need for you know younger people still continuing these traditions and the just the the complications and the distractions that we have nowadays. Sports, school, obviously there are a lot of things that kids are doing, and the need to uh, keep these traditions alive. Not only hunting, but fishing and all all sorts of outdoors activities. It is a serious problem, and uh, our DNR and almost every state. Department of Natural Resources, including U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, have expressed this concern uh, because historically the way our fish and wildlife management system is in America, uh, and we have the best one in the world, it's been financed largely by hunters through uh, uh, license revenue or, or purchasing of firearms and fishing tackle, which has an excise tax so that a lot of state agencies operate their fish and wildlife management programs based on this money. Well, if fewer people are hunting or fishing, that that puts a big dent in their budgets. And um, uh, so there's concern about Now, there's efforts in Minnesota, as well as you probably know, to introduce kids to, uh, to hunting, uh, uh, youth firearm classes, uh, fishing classes, etc. So we're trying, but it's a big hurdle with the, everybody has a phone in their in their hand and well you mentioned it so a lot of distractions but i think once you introduce a young person to fishing for example you plant that seed and they may go away from it for a few years but when they're 19 20 21 etc they might come back to fishing so and same with hunting ron shara always great to talk with you anything you want to promote anything you want to share where can we find you other than the deer stand (laughs) well you know, I have to. I have to admit this. Uh, tomorrow, uh, mid morning, I have to be in Red Wing, Minnesota, uh, to talk about my book to a library down there. So, honey's going to interrupt it. <laughs> this is what happens when you, uh, uh, you know, I've had my ears in the deer stand, so it's. Uh, I'm, I'm not as concerned about getting the deer as I used to be. Ron, thank you so much for the time. As always, great to hear your voice. And uh, whenever you get out, good luck to you. Yeah, same to you, Adam and uh, Jordan. I look forward to seeing you again someday. 
excellent. Yes, sir. Ron, stay well. Thank okay, you, Ron. hi to the family. Ron Shira. Ron Shira. Who he's a good can, guy. He's he's such a Ron, good guy. The great, great guy. And the stories that, that you tell and the conservation, and it's all part of it. Uh, 651-461-9226. Uh, we'll be back after this. Maybe we'll tackle to hard transition, get back to our uh, pack money conversation, because we got a lot oh, of texts yeah. earlier. Jordana mm-hmm. says, eliminate fundraising altogether for elections. No more money. Mm-hmm. No more money in elections. Is she right? Should she be right? Next on CC. <laughs> Not campaign finance reform, campaign finance ending, done. I don't think people should give money to finance campaigns. If you want to run for office, figure out a way to do it. Go walk the streets. Go stand on the corner and say, this is what I'm hoping for. And okay, maybe it's not just a megaphone. I think if you are running for public office and you are going to be a public servant, I, I believe we need to revamp our system to at least say, like, for example, public broadcasting. Mm -hmm. You get an hour a week, you know, or 20 minutes a week or whatever public broadcasting can offer to each candidate running in each election, whether it's school board or president, to state your case. Uninterrupted. It doesn't have to be a debate. You get, this is what I stand for. This is my platform. Nowadays, of course, you have a, you can have a website. Of course, you get to, you know, promote on social media or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. But, but even I that costs think... money, though, too. Okay. All right. That's fair. All right. So maybe I'll have to rethink that. Again, I haven't thought it all the way through. But campaign finances have gotten so out of control. We were just talking earlier that $366,000 has been funneled into school board campaigns, yeah. which is double the amount that it was two years ago. This is absolutely insane and it's coming from PAC money which is outside money this money could be coming from texas or florida or california or montana wherever Mm -hmm. and it can be anonymous so you don't know who's funding the PAC money i mean the PACs are you know public but there is it's it's like whoever raises the most money wins and that should not be a factor in our campaigns so i say eliminate all funding for politicians, we'll give them some PBS airtime. And who knows, maybe like on NPR, you know, like on public radio stations, maybe they would cut a deal with Minnesota where every candidate or excuse me, a CCO, every candidate gets 20 minutes uh, a week or whatever it is to either answer questions or give a platform. But stop it with the commercials. Stop it with the yard signs. Stop it with everything. Make people be more informed and give it an equal platform to state your case. That's how I feel. I mean, that's ideally, I think, and I think probably a vast majority of Americans would agree with you. Now, is that realistic? I don't think it is. Why not? Be- Why can't the government say that's it? You're done. You can't take any more money. Because I think there's a there has to be like a happy medium in the fact that okay, it's we, we can we can eliminate uh, outside influence, and at the same time make it viable. Make there has to be some sort of. Uh, I mean, yes, the money is bad, but also the money eliminates the possibility of you know thousands and thousands of people running for the same office and you have to have certain what there i I guess what i'm saying is okay that's certain criteria right Mm -hmm. Um, oh maybe it's a maybe it's a petition right don't you have to get a certain amount of of signatures to be on the ballot so that's make it grassroots 
I mean, I don't open the door to solicitors, but do a mailer. Do something. Now we have the internet, friends. It's, you know, it's not the 1800s anymore. Now we have mailers. Or, excuse me, the internet. We can do it that way. But uh, someone said you'll only have wealthy or at least people with time and ability to self-promote. I think it needs to be equal opportunity once you get the signatures that you need or whatever the qualifications we all decide together that they're going to be. And remember, I don't have the perfect system yet. I just know that the system we have is broken. And it's because go go ahead. Well, it's just broken. And it's been I mean, we had McCain Feingold for years, McCain Feingold campaign finance reform because. And so much is attributed to that as the problem, because what do we hear all the time, even from members of Congress who have two-year terms? As soon as they get elected, they have to start running for re-election immediately and raising money Mm -hmm. to get elected Mm -hmm. again. And most of their time is spent on the phone, literally trying to raise money. And the money often comes from PACs or other lobbying groups. And now these candidates are beholden to those lobbying groups, which is why we don't get things done. In, at Congress, because they've all they've got they've got to answer to somebody, and it's not usually the voters who've elected them. It's usually the companies or the lobbyists who've put them there, and that is the problem. And it's mm-hmm. so, so mm-hmm. sad and f- incredibly frustrating that mm-hmm. the vast majority of Americans know that know that's mm-hmm. the problem, and yet nothing is done to fix it. So many of our politicians are beholden to the NRA. That is why we don't have comprehensive gun laws in this country and other you know other organizations it's not just the nra that's the one i could think of off the top of my head but we need to stop this pharmaceutical companies a perfect example thank you pharmaceutical unions stop it and think about just think about this adam the money the billions of dollars that go into campaigns to get certain people elected to advance your agenda think about what that money can do if it is not being wasted on attack ads that are running late night on whatever channel you're you're watching think that money can go back into the businesses that are donating it it could go back into the community it could go back into the economy if you are a rich person and you're spending a million dollars a year to advance your candidate you could spend a million dollars a year on i don't know a haircut or a community event or do going to the theater and supporting your local philharmonic spend your money elsewhere instead of on on campaigns I just think there is a better way, a more equitable way in our country to be able to do this, to give the candidates a better shot and give more clarity to the electorate so we can understand who you really are, what you stand for in a way that has less spin. That's just you standing up, telling us who you are, so we get to decide if we share those values or we want you to lead us. And that, I mean, again... You hear the term baby steps. Okay, well, at least, I mean, I can see on federal levels and federal races, but, like, when it comes, like, what we're talking about, the genesis of this conversation was the money that's being spent on suburban school board races from groups outside of the state. To me, that seems like, okay, here, make restrictions on where money can come from in local races. Like, if you're in Texas. Your kids don't even go to school here. If you're Texas and you're part of some ideology, whether it's, uh, a conservative ideology or a liberal ideology, uh, a union backing. What really, who, what kind of influences do we want on this election? And uh, restrict those to the, uh, like start, 
I'm all for any citizen of a community being able to donate to a candidate saying, I share your values. I'm going to write you a check. And, yes, mm-hmm. my name is associated with that check, so anybody can mm. look up, I've donated to these people. But the fact that I can write a check for as much money as I want to a group in Texas or a group in California that is my ideological uh, beacon, and I can write that check, and then they fund candidates all over the country, including in districts and races that have nothing to do with me, that's a problem. And I think that's at least one step initially that we can take to change that. Couple, many texts coming in. Caller mentioned unions. Let's continue the conversation. 651-461-9226. I say no more money in political campaigns. Full stop. Let's talk. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. No more money. Mm-mm. Sorry, politicians. You got to do it the old fashioned way. Get out there and stump. Share your platform. Talk to people. No more money. I think we need to completely be extreme on this. No more money. I don't want to see your spin ads. I don't want money from Texas coming into our local school board elections. Stop it. So this is you know, in Jordana's world of rainbows and unicorns and, you know, everybody everybody gets uh, free education and healthcare in my little perfect world, um, this would happen. I think we need to revamp campaigns that they get no money. You can have a platform on public radio. You can have a, that that is donated. Oh, you can have a platform on public television. You know, tw- in, in election season, you get 20 minutes a week or whatever it is. To qualified candidates, they would obviously have to qualify. You get up, people tune in or they don't. You have a website, that's fine. No advertising on Facebook, no advertising, that, none of that kind of stuff. I don't even want to see the lawn signs because those cost money. Uh, I just think it's an issues thing and people need to educate themselves and there needs to be more fairness and less money. Money is a distraction. Money confuses people. It twists things. It's... um. You know, those who have the gold make the rules, and that's the golden rule, and we need to shut it down. And But according to the Supreme Court, uh, money is also uh, your First Amendment right to spend, which because of the Citizens United ruling, Mm -hmm. you know, that First Amendment prohibits Mm -hmm. the government from restricting independent expenditures for political campaigns. We're talking about PACs, political action committees that are formed Mm -hmm. to raise money to uh, influence elections, to uh, to win elections, to influence mm-hmm. political direction. And uh, I hear you, but there's a workaround. Great. You can spend your money however you want on a haircut or a boat or, a, a you know, a car, a pickup truck, whatever you mm-hmm. want to spend it on. But I think we should make it so these politicians and these campaigns can't accept it, can't accept it. It's not about where you spend it. They cannot accept it. And that is not how we should campaign in this country. It's how many politicians do we talk to that say, oh, during my term, I spend 50 percent of my term 
raising money. On the phone, listening to yahoos who have a lot of money, who you want their money, going on and on about what they think you should do. Or out there, you know, kissing babies, shaking hands of rich people that you want their money. Let's let's shut that down. How about people in po- people in politics get to the business of governing and regular people get to the business of educating themselves and not donating. And I feel strongly about it. Uh, text coming in 651-461-9226. You want to jump in on the phone line on the uh, Cities One Plumbing Talk and text line. We welcome that, too. Um, I understand Jordana's position. I just don't think it's attainable. I just, mm-hmm. and the reason is, and we don't have the answer to why it isn't attainable. I guess we do, and we know why. Nobody's got the political will to do anything about it. Right. But why right. they, they don't, want the money. that's the reason. They. Mm-hmm. It's like the elephant that's in the room. I know that's so cliche, but it's like, okay, we all know that the elephant's in the friggin' room, but nobody has the plan or the will to say, let's get the elephant out of the room so we can get back to governing. Uh, text coming right, in Too here. bad I'm just a silly talk show host, and I'm like, yeah, great, I got the solution. Uh, no right. one's listening to me, except you guys are, that are forced to, you know, you're, you're listening to CCO, so sorry about that. Texter says, uh, and we've gotten this uh, variance of this text uh, quite a bit, my concern, though, about not allowing funding to campaigns, the only people who run will be those who are super wealthy and can afford to finance their own campaigns. I'd prefer to have people running who are more representative of the population of our state and nation. But what I'm saying is even if you're rich, you can't spend your money. No lawn signs, no billboards. That's it. I would say no, no political advertising. Mm -hmm. You will get a platform from public-run institutions, i.e. PBS, public television, because everybody, anybody with a television, which is most households, get that. You can have, like, public radio, NPR. We have government-funded radio. That You can do that. You can have a website, but you can't buy money, or you can't buy ads on Facebook. You want, like, We need to outlaw political ads. It needs to be, if you want to learn about a candidate, which everybody should, this is where the information could be found on their website, which, you know, they're allowed to run. And then in public forums, maybe somebody doesn't have Internet. Hopefully they have public radio or public TV. If not, you probably shouldn't be voting because you're maybe not such an educated person. But um, that's what I think is that's how I think we should do it. I, I know it's idealistic. I know it's pie in the sky. But right. It's always impossible until it's done. Let's get it done. Uh, what about um, TikTok? No. What do you mean, no? No. T- I said no social media. You can, I mean, again, no, that's no like buying free for ad- most people. Okay, so no buying ads on social media. Here's the, okay, fine. I will, again, clearly this isn't totally thought out all the way through, and I appreciate us doing this on the air. Um, okay, Adam, th- you can have a TikTok account, but you can't boost ads. You can't get, out, you know, because that would cost money. Anything that costs money, you can't do. If you have a free TikTok account, great. Make it public. You can spout whatever you want. Instagram, Facebook, you can have an account. You can't run ads. The problem is, is a text uh, to the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line. The problem is the voter not being objective and informed. It takes money to inform people, and information is good. Facts matter. Perhaps there should be consequences for slander and lies. Yeah, I did. Okay, but I don't think it takes money to inform people. Uh, it does on a broad Social scale, though. Yeah, Social but... media is free. Public well, broadcasting you... is free. Yeah, but we're not listening. We're not watching public broadcasting. And you've you got to come to where you reach us before the vote. So what you're saying, you're putting it on. The, you're putting the onus on the uh, population the to be, become yes. much more informed yes, than I they am. are right now. 
but I'm busy, yes, Jordana. I, I have kids. I have a job. I have no time to do research on candidates. Stop I need signs. Lazy. I need commercials. Lazy. I need a Lazy. I need a negative ad to run to so I know who's uh, going to eat for. who's going to be eating babies, <laughs> uh, so I know who to vote for the next. That's the point. So you're saying in they're favor playing of school shootings certain... and terrorism. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I need to see which candidate gets caught in that awkward picture that gets used over every election where the candidate looks like a crazy person. You know, face. That, yeah. yeah. John Smith <laughs> looks like this all the time. Because can, that's it's how not we're... that hard. This is just the money is complicating everything. Take money out of the picture and we will have a very different political system. I get it. Remember, this is Jordana's world of rainbows and unicorns and free education. I get it. But I'm putting it out there into the universe and maybe it'll happen someday. Some texter says, Jordana, you realize you work at a commercial radio station and you get paid for information. Okay, here's the deal. I don't get paid for information. I get paid for my opinion. Opinion. And this is a commercial radio station, like you just said. Yes. It's not NPR. What I'm saying is have these people run on NPR. We have less of a responsibility. They get tons of government funding. So the government needs to give airtime to people that are running for free for them. They don't have to buy it so they can educate the public. Start by outlawing the legalization of lying. Amen. Yeah, the problem is that we don't know what the truth is anymore. That's the problem. I know, right? All right, let's I take mean, a break. I'm, on, I'm in your parade. I'm, I'm voting for you. Legalization Our, of lying. <laughs> we'll take a break. Uh, a couple of special shout-outs next on News Talk 830. All right, so I'm glad everybody's in my camp. No more money for campaign finances. Well, That's I like it. that the sa- salary cap idea. we got salary caps for to level the playing mm-hmm. field in sports. Why can't we do that in uh, politics? Like how much money they can spend? Yeah, or Still raise. Like my idea better. All right. Still like mine. I, you guys are really funny, though. I, I the, the text, we appreciate it. Uh, Jordana, uh, uh, wait, where was my favorite one? Hold on. Of course, now I, I lost it. Here we go. Must be a slow day. You had to dig deep into Jordana's communist notebook to find this <laughs> what is one. the what, what does the communist playbook say? <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> uh, thank you for uh, making us laugh. And a very special happy birthday to my favorite son, yes. Maddox, it is his 18th birthday. He's a full-on grown-up. Uh, going to open presents when he gets home from school, but uh, he's having a good day. I put a post from some of his baby so, pictures to truly embarrass him yes, on my Instagram at Jordana parents Verde. Do. Parents do that. That's what we do. And they don't get to approve those posts. On a birthday, we get full reign of the social media. So that's it. So is he going to the casino or the strip club today? Which is it? Or both. Today, he's having that- Shabbat dinner with his friends in my home. Ah. But afterward, I can't make any promises. Might be heading down to the old Mystic Lake after that. You know, nice. Not the strip club. Mystic Lake. That's right. <laughs> Good choice. Uh, you had a great experience. You I had did. a great kid experience. I just want to say, so it was con- a lot of schools are having their conferences over the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had SIG's conference yesterday at uh, South St. Paul Middle School, which is in the high school. And... You know, you meet with a teacher, and it's always, uh, boy, I still get nervous for my kids. Right? Because I was so nervous when I was the kid, like, oh, God, what are they going to do? Um, but we went in, met with uh, SIG's uh, connections teacher, they call it, who kind of does the overview, and they go over the the, the uh, report card. And SIG's pretty good. She's a, she's a smart cookie, uh, that one. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have my brains. I don't know where she gets it. But anyway, we're walking out, and another teacher was there and stopped to say hi, and I just want to, and this teacher, I will say, because my kids go to the same school I went to, and this teacher 
was there when I was in high school. And the teacher looks doesn't look any older than he did <laughs> when I was there, so bravo to that. But the passion from this guy uh, in explaining in just the short little conversation we had, uh, clear and concise way of how he runs his classroom, talks about you know the, what he sees as personal growth for kids, uh, and the passion for somebody who's been in that position at the same school that long to have that kind of passion. And I get it. Not all teachers are like that. There are teachers out there who coast, who get by, who probably don't put in the work, just like any uh, line of work, by the way, any kind of work. But to see that and to see that kind of passion from somebody who still goes in every day, is excited to teach kids and explain in a concise way what he wants to see from his kids, not what some test that he's got to teach his kids to pass some test. Well, I got to get, you know, it's his own philosophy of what he wants to see from his kids. And it was so uplifting. And it was just like, God bless you, man. And God bless all those teachers Mm -hmm. who also get attacked now all the time because they get lumped in on whether it's a union bashing or they get lumped into some sort of indoctrination people think are happening, that it boils down to passionate teachers who still do the job they do, not because they're getting rich, because they love teaching kids. And... Again, I know they're, I wish they all were like that. I know they're not, but God bless the ones who are like that because uh, it's just what a, what a gift to have people like that yes. in our world who are there simply to ex- simply existing for the betterment of other people, for younger Thank people. God. And uh, it's just God. it was so nice. So if you're going to your kids' conferences, give those teachers a little bit of grace. And what a thank you for mentioning that. You know, we love our teachers and we support them. We know that you guys have the hardest jobs uh, and we're so grateful. So I'm so glad you got to experience that, mm-hmm. Adam, because I, as a parent, you know, I'm failing epically. Come middle school, I was like, I'm opting out of conferences. I don't even go to conferences right. anymore. Like, uh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just, right? Oh, you guys are 10 now? Okay. I'm no longer your parent. So yeah. uh, if, if there's a pro- I communicate with their teachers uh, when necessary, but uh, you do a very good job parenting that you actually went to the conferences. I commend you. Oh, thank and you. yes, I used to I used to panic in elementary school, mostly for Maddox. The girls, were the boys, behaving. right? The like, girls, oh, it's boy. like okay, is, you know, and, what are you know, they going to tell me? And you know, it's sick. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, she's got that friend. She talks to that friend. You know, talks too much. Talks you know, too much. Oh, that's, please, we all talk too much. I was going to say that's a good thing. I'd rather you know, not that to be disruptive, but I want my kid to be be a little you know sociable. Text come in here, Jordani. You might want to rethink the visit to Mystic Lake for Maddox. Being deer hunting season, it's ladies weekend down there. As I was saying before, he might come home with a new girlfriend. That's right. Is the thunder from down under playing at a local casino this weekend for deer hunting widows weekend? I sure hope so. You know what, buddy? Have fun. Be safe. Take an Uber Lyft or, you know, have fun. Uh, it'll be a great night. Thank you for spending the week with all of us. It's been a tough couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. uh, this weekend, I wish everyone, my son, a happy birthday. Adam, I hope you get a deer. Ron Shera, I hope you Thank are you. successful. And I wish everyone a peaceful, happy, healthy, successful, truthful, restful weekend. Yeah, amen. Uh, Chad Hartman coming up next. Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Major Garrett, I'm sure, a usual guest at 1235. We'll look forward to that conversation. If you look forward to our conversations and you miss them, subscribe to the Adam and Jordana podcast and uh, get those podcasts wherever you get them. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Thanks, everybody. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 